Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit contractproperties.net. Do I have everybody's attention now? Now it's time for Jason Martin and Vol for Life Ramon Foster. Powered by all four seasons garage doors. Together, they are J-Mart and Ramon on 104.5 The Zone. J. Martin Ramon, hour number three of the program. Fellas here till nine. Jonathan Schaefer, Ramon Foster, and Jason Martin. Let's do it in that order. That's order of import right there. At Schaefer on Sports, at Ramon Foster, at J. Mart Radio, and of course at J. Mart and Ramon. We welcome in Ian Eagle, who for the second straight week calling a Titans football game with Charles Davis on CBS. Ian, how are you this morning? Hey, what's up, guys? Good morning. So from a broadcasting perspective, when you get to call the same team two weeks in a row... Uh, how, how much does that increase your comfort level? Uh, I would say exponentially. Yeah, <laughs> you, you just know going into a game exactly what the storylines are. You feel good about the game the week before. You didn't watch it necessarily on television. You were there. You experienced it. The little nuances that don't come through on a game story or when you're trying to breeze through the tape, uh, that's that's very different in in your approach and just your comfort level, 100%. I've had a couple of years. There was one particular year I had Jacksonville four straight weeks. Oof. Wow. And on the fourth week, I'm in the hotel getting ready to go to the game. I was working with Solomon Wilcots at the time, and they're doing an extended television pregame show. And I'm watching into the hotel as I'm getting my stuff. I'm sticking my toiletries in the bag, and I'm making sure my hair looks good. And the last note on their pregame show, all right, folks, we're 0-3 with Eagle and Wilcox. Is this <laughs> the game where we break the streak? I'm like, whoa. What? I, uh, I, did you no, curse? No, no, no. Your, your team's just bad. It has nothing to do with me. Did you curse on air or something? Like, what I kind of, how, how do you end up in the Jags doghouse for a month? <laughs> I know. And then the, the funniest part was uh, this is when we were allowed to be around people many, many years ago. But uh, the guy that was anchoring the show, I end up uh, at halftime of the game in the men's room right near the broadcast booth, and, and the guy's in the stall next to me. And there was that one moment, that, like, double tick. I was like, come on, dude, really? That's your graphic? That's your key to the game? He's like, ah, we're just running out of stuff, man. What? Yeah, it was funny. Oh, that's amateurism, right? That is, that is amateur <laughs> hour, man. But but you're coming here to, to Nashville to, to, to do this game, man. And I got to ask you, is it, exci- is it exciting watching this Titans team just – you know it gets exciting as the game goes on because why? That's what Derrick Henry does with this yep. offense. So is that something that you prepare for? It's like be there, just wait on it, it's going to happen. Yeah, and I can tell you from a play-by-play man's perspective, having done this for so long, 
you do go into certain games knowing, not to say, oh, man, I'm going to really bring my A game because <laughs> so-and-so is playing. Yeah. But I do think there's an awareness that a certain player is capable of doing something special, and you don't want that special moment to happen, and you're not on top of it. Mm-hmm. So Lamar Jackson, last year, no doubt, if you got a Ravens game, there was that general sense, this guy is doing special things. Patrick Mahomes, when he's out on the field and you're calling the game, you might think the play's over because for 99% of the QBs, the play is over. For him, the 1%, it's not. And for Derrick Henry, it's the same category. When you call a game with him, there's a chance he could break five tackles. He could Uh stiff arm three players. He could look like he's down in a wall of tacklers and emerge from that and score a touchdown. So it does not necessarily change the way you do the game, but it certainly keeps you on your toes because at any moment it could be a highlight of the year. Highlight of the year. Mm -hmm. And if you're not on it as a play-by-play announcer, you don't get a second take. There's no edit button. What did you see in the Titans on Sunday against the Colts in the rematch, which gave them the leg up in the division and put them in really good shape from a playoff standpoint? But but uh, what were your impressions of the team compared to maybe when you called their games a few weeks back? Yeah, what I saw was a team that certainly had a score to settle. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, they were well aware of what people were saying. They were well aware of what took place two weeks ago and the quagmire of that second half, and the fact that it happened in the way that it did, in a way, probably gave them confidence that, hey, look, Indianapolis didn't just go out and out-physical us. They didn't necessarily go out and out-game plan us. There were a couple of fluky plays that went a certain way, and then it happens in the NFL, even at the highest level. Sometimes the game just gets away from you, and I think that's what happened in the first meeting. What this validated in the second meeting is that they are the cream of the crop in their division. Uh, there is a carryover from last year's playoff run. Uh, I hate to be beating on Jacksonville. I, I really didn't <laughs> go into this phone call uh, I- intending to do that. But I did the playoff game a few years back when Jacksonville beat Pittsburgh. And they go to the AFC championship game. I was there. Yeah. They- <laughs> I was there, I and you. He cut me deep right there, buddy. Brutal, man. Okay, Brutal. okay. I know. My I bad. Know. I didn't mean to interrupt the last. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> no, no. It, it touches emotions. It, it, it does. Your soul. You you remember things like that. It sears itself into your brain because you go in with one thought and you walk out of there. And go. What just happened? <laughs> How? Why? Yeah. So my point is that Jacksonville gets it done. They advance to the AFC Championship game. They actually have a moment there. Mm-hmm. where you think, are they going to win? Are, are they going to the Super Bowl? Is that possible? And then New England reversed it, as we know, and, and things changed dramatically. But the carryover never took place. The next year, Jacksonville looked okay early, and then the bottom dropped out. Bortles wasn't the same guy. They realized they didn't have the right quarterback. So my point is, we've seen these little outlier moments in the NFL where a team has a nice surge, in the playoffs, and then they can't seem to follow it up mm-hmm. the next year because it, it means it wasn't completely real. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. What I'm saying is you didn't really have the right makeup to sustain it. And what we're learning with Tennessee is that they have the right makeup to sustain it. What happened last year in the playoffs 
was no fluke. This is a really good team. Uh, this organization has made excellent decisions. The Tannehill thing wasn't a dream. It was real. He has carried it over into 2020. And I think the game against Indianapolis last week, it just validated a lot of those feelings that I had and I think people had around the league. All right, and in that same sense, you speak about what Jacksonville did, and you speak about, you know, the Titans team being a real team, a real contender. Yep. We had Aditi Kinkawala on a second ago, and she was saying that the Browns have an opportunity to get a big win. And you mentioned the Titans have been a big team that, 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 uh, teams are looking to, look, not looking forward to play. So yep. I ask you this, well, what the Browns have going on now? Is this a real thing? Is it scheduling? Or have they actually turned the corner hmm. also? As an organization, say, hey, they might be here to stay. Not your fourteen and two team yet, but maybe your nine and seven, ten and six type of team, eleven and five. Are they there yet? Also, yeah. To me, this is the biggest question of week thirteen in the NFL, and it's part of the reason why this game is one of the showcase games in the league. We're going to find out something about Cleveland. Look, with Tennessee, I think. Most people have an opinion on this Titans team, and even if they had a hiccup, and I'm not saying that's what's going to take place here, uh, Tennessee, to me, has now found its consistency. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, we just don't know. We look at their squad. I thought they would be much improved. I didn't buy in last year to the hype that people were, were tossing out there about the Browns. I just needed to see it. Yeah. And it, as we know, it didn't develop, and they had to make major changes. They bring in Kevin Stefanski. He has a completely different approach. He's very even-keeled. He's very professorial. And I think that's rubbed off on his team. There's not a lot of drama. Last year, there was a lot of drama. Mm. Every week, it was something else. Sometimes on the field, sometimes off the field. And maybe it was an extension of the head coach. And uh, in a way, as we know, you, you do often take on the identity. I think that's happened in Tennessee. You guys live it every single day with Mike Grable. I parachute in, parachute out. We get our production meetings with him. I'll watch some of the press conferences that he does throughout the, the year. And I know that his whole aura has rubbed off on his team. And I think with Cleveland... The best thing to happen to them is that they made a very conscious effort to stop the drama and just focus on who they are and what they can be. Their offensive line has been really good, and I think underrated in many ways. There are a lot of offensive lines that are getting a little more publicity than they had in previous years. This is an offensive line that deserves uh, some of the kudos that's starting to emerge. They have a premier running back as well in Nick Chubb. He is a really exceptional runner, and they have a one-two punch with Kareem Hunt. Baker Mayfield, by his own admission, has to get better. But there are flashes. There are moments where he does look like the guy we thought he was going to be coming out of college. And then defensively, I think their front is really good. They're dealing with a boatload of injuries in their secondary and question marks, and that's the area that I think the Titans could take advantage on Sunday. Ian, we're going to need four to five Jacksonville references during the broadcast on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>
We'll donate money to charity or something. Like we we've got to get this done so we can because we're taking credit for it. If we hear Jacksonville mentioned on the broadcast 100%. Sunday, between you and Charles, we're taking full credit for that on Monday. Not my intention, please. <laughs> Noticed the city of Jacksonville. Not my intention. We appreciate it, Ian. You're the Thank best. You, we're looking forward to it on Sunday. I'm really excited about it, guys, and uh, I look forward to to maybe. Seeing this uh, happen again down the road and, and having this conversation with you down the road because I think the Titans are going to be a storyline into December, January, and who knows, the way things are going in this wacky year, maybe even in February. Enjoy the two eight and three teams. Exactly. Thanks, guys. There you go. That's Ian Eagle, NFL on CBS. Any Jacksonville mention, we need to light up Twitter on Sunday. Have to. Because it, it's because of us. we got Andy Staples, the athletic, coming up next. We go from one great guest to another, and we'll do it next on 104.5 The Zone. Jonathan Schaefer just gets it, folks. Tom Petty. Hashtag Petty. Hashtag PettyC. Our conference here on J. Martin Ramon, it just means more. Also, Wildflower still one of the five best albums of my entire life. If I had to go to an island, they said you could take five albums. Wildflowers is on that list. They released a four-disc version of that a couple of months ago. It actually yeah. came out on my birthday. Uh, that's all I asked for for my wife. And, of course, she got it for me. And we listened to it on the way to Florida. Absolutely adore that record. And Tom Petty in general. And, of course, it fits the mode here. We had Iron Eagle on. Man, he's good. He's so very, very, very good. We're really going to have a... We're gonna have a a debate one day about the A-team for CBS. I love Nance and Romo, but in terms of consistency and rock solid, I'll take Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. You hear him, though. He's like, man, I'm, I'm he's ready, though. This is one of those ones like double dutch, like just I'm waiting on my opportunity. you got to admire that about him, man. It's All right. So the Tennessee Education Lottery is proud to so have raised more than $5.5 billion to support education <laughs> programs what? in Tennessee. To learn more about programs yeah. funded by the lottery, visit tnlottery.com. Yeah, yeah. How many times? Yeah. Am I going to stop talking? Yeah. And you guys yeah. are going to do this. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We did it during a live read. We got listeners yeah. saying, man, they're even, yeah. they're even going after you during sponsor reads. Yeah. That's how we roll. Yeah. Yeah. We'll tell them about the belt soon. There it yeah. is. Let's bring in Andy Staples of The Athletic. He joins us every Thursday morning. Andy, your favorite Tom Petty song is? Learning to Fly. Nice. He played it. He played it. At the concert when he came back to Gainesville in 2006, I was lucky enough to be in the next to last row of the O'Connell Center. Uh, it was an unbelievable arrangement. Stevie Nicks was singing back up. Mm. I, just, I will never, ever forget that. There, what's your favorite Tom Petty song, Moan? Uh, As which, I smile. Whichever one, uh, whichever <laughs> one Andy just said right there. As soon as we get in the car together, Andy, you and I are playing that whole album, okay? We're going to put Jay Martin in the back, and I'm going to push my seat all the way up on his legs. Is well, that that noted. You know, you, you know, you're a noted Gators fan, so I'm sure it's, uh, I don't, I, I won't back down. Which they play between the third and fourth quarter of uh, Florida games at home now. You know so. what, Andy? We had a good thing going. Okay, <laughs> we come on here, we have a good time, we laugh, we joke, we talk about food, we talk well, about. Ryan, you knew this. You knew this week was coming. You did. You know what? I didn't. COVID almost said it wasn't. It's a valid point. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's a daggone valid argument. No, I won't back down on my list. That in a higher place are, the t are maybe my two go-tos. But learning to fly is pretty solid. So uh, we won't even start with the Vols Gators. We'll get there in a second. But the BYU <laughs> news where BYU and Coastal is going to happen because Liberty's not going to be able to play Coastal this weekend. And we live in a 
a year, Andy, where BYU greatly improves its schedule strength by adding Coastal Carolina. Who had that on the bingo card? Yeah, exactly. BYU goes and plays on the surf turf in Conway, South Carolina. Uh, and it pumps up the schedule. Now, here's what I think should happen. So, I think BYU should just do a barnstorm through I know they got a game against, against San Diego State next week. But they could push that to the 19th if they needed to. If Ohio State-Michigan is canceled, I do not care what the Big Ten says. Ohio State needs to go rogue and, and bring BYU to Columbus and let's get it on. Mm. There you go. That's like that's that. forward thinking right there. Uh, so what do you make of Herb Street and that whole controversy on Tuesday night? That that thing seemed just ready for TV, uh, and of course it yeah. blew up afterwards. Of all the, the people I would accuse, because you could say a lot of things about Jim Harbaugh. Right. I would never once in my life think that he would he would say, well, we can't play. Cause we're too, like they would make that up. You can say a ton of stuff about Jim Harbaugh, and most of it would be true. But I, he strikes me as the kind of guy that would rather lose by 150 than, than not show up. Well, Herb Street, Herb Street yeah. just had some fun with that. The only thing, it's interesting, we talked about Dabo last week with you, Andy, and uh, that whole deal with Florida State and all. I don't think that Herb Street necessarily said anything wrong because I don't think he was accusing anybody of doing anything. I think he was just saying that he there's been talk the- out there. But the, the problem the problem is it was insinuated that, that Michigan would do that. And, look, there are probably some, some coaches and some teams where I might think that that might happen, but that's not one of them. Like, that, that, they just wouldn't do that. They would, they would lose by 100 rather than do that. Yeah. On the other side of this with the uh, college playoffs uh, ranking, is there an opportunity for Cincinnati to actually get in there, and do you want to see Cincinnati in that playoffs uh, scenario this fall or winter? I'd like to see one of those schools get a chance at you some would. point. I don't know that they're going to have a shot. I, I just, I, I thought when the first ranking came out, okay, maybe. But I also thought there was a chance that they might be able to, to get BYU on the schedule. Cause I, I'd love to see that game. And if Cincinnati can beat BYU, I think that's, that says a lot. Uh, but I just don't know now. And, and when you look at it, you know, it feels like number six is the lower boundary mm-hmm. of the teams that can get in. You know, Florida can get in if they win every game. Uh, Ohio State is in now, but we'll see what happens. Because if A and M is nine and one, and Ohio State is six and zero, and Alabama beats Florida, and and Clemson beats Notre Dame, so they're both in. I just don't know what happens. Uh, but it, yeah, I mean, it's just a. It, it feels like that six is where it stops. How badly has the Big Ten jacked up Ohio State? Their season, their chances, everything that surrounds they, the Buckeyes. They've messed up everything every step of the way. It's it's hard to mess things up this badly. Like you almost got to try. And, <laughs> you know, here here's the, here's my thing because I I feel very bad for Ohio State in this situation because they are one of the ones that wanted to do it the way everyone else was doing it. And if they'd had their way, the Big Ten would have played a full schedule or, or as close you know whatever we're calling a full schedule this year. And they kept saying, hey, guys, this is going to blow up in our faces. And the Big Ten's like, no, no, we're doing it this way. Uh, but And Nebraska, too. I mean, when Nebraska tried to schedule Chattanooga, in the release afterward, they said, we disagree with the Big Ten here because we think this could be important down the road in case a Big Ten team needs to play more games for playoff consideration. 
They said it months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Who who's in bigger trouble as a fan base is have major fan bases. Okay, I kinda got lit up earlier. Oh in my boy, here we go. UT, okay, yeah. Andy. Just the okay. first first second hour was just like my my fan base of UT fans just going at it. But on the other side of that is another fan base that's that's kinda going through it too. We don't hear much about it because we're in the southeast. They are in the southwest technically. I guess just straight south is Texas. Which UT is in a worse spot right now? I think Tennessee's probably in a worse spot because Texas has some some options right now. And the, and the first option for Texas is ask Urban Meyer if he'd like to coach. And I, that's you know Texas has got to decide that's what they want to do. Urban Meyer would have to decide that's what he wants to. But it's an option at least to ask. Yeah. And I also think there there are enough coaches out there that that you could hire somebody at Texas who could who could bring you what you want. Now there's not a slam dunk like Urban Meyer would be, but if you went out and got Mario Cristobal, Matt Campbell, mm. James Franklin, those are three guys that I think would, would listen if you called. They all strike me as the type of person that can give you what you want at Texas. Mm. And so I feel like they've got some options. Tennessee, there's no slam dunk option if they were to move on from Jeremy Pruitt. I guess Hugh Freeze because he's won at that level, but you, you'd have to get everybody on board with hiring him and decide if that's, that's what you want to do and make sure that, that it's got the blessing of the commissioner of the SEC. And I, I think Greg Sankey would probably do that at this point because you can't make double secret probation last forever or, or then you open yourself up to a lawsuit. Yeah. So I just, but I don't know, can you marshal enough support for that? Because if you can't, or if you don't think it will work, then you, you don't move on from Jeremy Pruitt because you're writing a big check. Yeah. $12.6 million is his buyout. There's no offset, so he could get a million-dollar defensive coordinator job next year, and you don't. it doesn't save you a million bucks. So you got to do that. You'd have to fire his, his staff. You'd have to hire a new staff. You'd probably have to pay the buyout of the new coach from whatever school he's coming from. It is a massive check. You're talking upwards of $20 million. You had better know what you want if you're going to do that. And I don't, I don't think firing Jeremy Pruitt for the sake of making a change is productive. That's what I've They've been had saying. four head coaches since they fired Philip Fulmer. Yeah, you, you, you bring on a fifth, it better be the right one if you're bringing him on right now. Otherwise, let Jeremy Pruitt try to figure this out. And I, I believe that coaches can learn. Like Now, sometimes they have to be fired to learn, but but like Ed Orgeron was a terrible head coach at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Terrible, and he'll tell you that. And he took note of what he did wrong there so that the next time he became a head coach, he wouldn't do those things wrong again. And, you know, this year notwithstanding, which is obviously is kind of weird, he's been a very good head coach at LSU. So I think if Pruitt can learn some things, and the one thing that makes me somewhat optimistic is the way their offensive line is played. Because it's hard to have a really good offensive line in the SEC. That's yeah. not an easy thing to do. And they've been good, and they're mauling people up front. And if you can do that, you can build a team that can compete as long as you figure out some other stuff. And the, the thing they've got to figure out is how, you, how do you build an offense that allows you to get multiple quarterbacks ready, and so if you have a problem with one, you can move to another one fairly easily, and they can pick it up fairly easily. That's, that's the thing he has to learn. If he can learn it, there's a chance. Andy Staples of The Athletic joining us here on the program. He does so every 
Thursday morning. Um, are you surprised, Andy, that two teams in the Southeastern Conference have chosen to move on from their head coach in season, especially considering COVID? I, I'm not that surprised because of the, the recruiting situation. You know, the, the season is actually running past National Signing Day. And so you'd like to know. And like I'm looking at South Carolina and their situation. It looks like they're, they're down to, to Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina and Shane Beamer from Oklahoma. I would bet that, let's say they pick Shane Beamer. I bet Oklahoma would be cool with him starting work mm. next week. Like, just because those programs get along, there's the connection. Bob Stoops and Steve Spurrier were really good friends, and so the, the, those programs just get along. I could see that. I, I don't see why you'd have to follow the normal protocols in this situation, but I think that's part of the reason why, you know, and, and with Vanderbilt, you know, Derek Mason may have said, "Hey, look, if you're going to do it, let's get it over with." I don't, I don't know, but I was, I, I was more surprised of Vanderbilt making the move, not necessarily in season, but making the move at all, given, given the circumstances. You'd think because they're not as just hell bent on you better win titles and all that, that it wouldn't have been as big a priority. But they were so bad this year. I do kind of get why you'd say, "What, well, let's, let's make a change now." So. Not totally surprised. The South Carolina that they'd write that big of a check, not totally surprised because they, they were dealing with fan apathy setting in. And that is the worst thing. It is way worse. Like, you guys talk about the Tennessee fans being pissed off and, you know, they're like the guy calling Pruitt last night and yelling at him. Mm-hmm. At least they're doing that. Yeah. Because when they're not calling at all, it's you got a problem. Um, I don't want to ask this in any way that might lead to any kind of answer, so I'm just going to be as vague as human as possible. <laughs> I'm going to be very careful how I ask this question. Your take on the Sarah Fuller situation at Vanderbilt? Well, I, I, I have a take on it. But there's two, there's two rational responses to this, and both of them are fine. You can be very excited because here's a woman playing in, in the SEC and getting a chance to, to play uh, on an, in an SEC football game, and you know, for, I got a little girl, she watched it, she thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I think that's great. I, I love that, that she gets to see that. The other response is, oh, I don't care. It's no big deal. It's, it's Vandy, Missouri. Vandy's getting smoked. Who cares? The response I can't really abide is the, well, this is, this stuff, this is the worst thing ever. That you're just telling on yourself when you do that. Huh. You're, you're just, you're just saying, I, I'm really insecure in, in my own self, and it bothers me that, this, that people are happy about this. That's, that's really on you. That's, that's because you're bad at, at living life. You played. Ramon, you played. Sarah Fuller given a halftime speech. Uh, how do you react to that if you're in a locker room? You're a Vanderbilt player. Like If it happened yeah. to you, how would you react to at least what what was reported that she did when she kind of stood up and kind of chastised them for not being energetic enough the way that the that, women's that soccer team was? That would not have gone over no, well. Yeah, Somebody who just not. showed up doesn't get to do that. No, that, you, that, that has nothing to do with men, women, anything. You just showed up, you don't get to do that. Outsiders can't talk like that. I'm yeah. sorry. She's a part of the team, but like... Showing up, telling me I'm not doing my job or I need to do this and do that, and you hadn't gone through camp with me, you hadn't dealt with the bumps and bruises that I've had. I know y'all won, but we have a history of losing is what I would have to tell her. So, hey, pipe it down and, uh, hey, 
join us after the game or something like that. Well, that, that, that that'd be like if an NFL team signed somebody in, in week 15 to yeah. fill, a, fill a role. And, and Ramon, can you imagine that? You, I'm sure you played with some guys on the Steelers that got signed late in the season yeah. because you were standing at a position. Can you imagine them getting up at halftime and giving a speech? Oh, my God. That wouldn't even go over. Like, do the guys that get signed, like, midway through the season, post-camp, most of the time they don't say nothing for, for a few weeks. So I, I, she that, that was an awesome moment for her. I'm sure the guys on the uh, in the locker room looking were very side eyeing that. It wasn't the Tim Tebow yeah. Ole Miss uh, speech that he gave them. I know that for right. sure. Because he he'd been with those guys for three years at that point. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, that 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 has nothing to do with gender. That has everything to do with when you were when you showed up. Yeah, it's just like sport unspoken sports rules. Like nah. Also, also, if you're me. The my level of talent as a walk-on at Florida, you're not allowed to talk. No, you're just not. Like you don't get to address the team. No, that's that. You, you can't do that. Like good players get to address the team. Andy, since we got all the sports out of the way, <laughs> this past weekend, well, you know what I'm talking about? Florida. We didn't even. We're not even going to get to it. He's just going to scoot right on past that, it's, like the booberry in the aisle. He spoke for us. <laughs> Andy. No, I'm, I'm more excited about where Ramon is going with this. <laughs> Andy, I told you, man, we're going to have a handshake when we see each other. There's no, there's no sense in just ruining our relationship, Andy. Come on now. <laughs> what are you doing? Help me, Andy. Come on, man. Help uh, me help you. Yes, exactly. Let's expose each other and what we indulged in this weekend, okay? Number one, how <laughs> yes, long sir. did you eat Thanksgiving leftover? Did you make it to Sunday on the Thanksgiving leftovers? I ate three leftover ham sandwiches yesterday. <laughs> yesterday? Yesterday. Wow. That's, that's right. He lives we had in a the... backup ham. <laughs> Hold up. A backup ham. Yeah, that guy could block yeah. better than your offensive line, Mo. Man. The backup yeah. ham. The backup we had, ham? We had, we had a backup ham, but my wife really likes ham, <laughs> and she wanted more ham leftovers, so... My mother-in-law made the turkey, so we didn't really get turkey leftovers. We yeah. ate turkey when we were at dinner. But my wife, we, we brought a ham, and she's like, I got a second ham <laughs> because we need some more leftovers. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I, I, I will eat the ham sandwiches until it is gone. And it's, there's, I think I might have one today. <laughs> you got another tap dance question in your moan, or are we nope. done here? Nope, that's it. You, whatever you want to do, J-Mart, you go on from there. No, I'm, I'm not even going to ask the question. I'll, no, you know what? I will. I'm going to look you in the eye while I ask this I'm question. Final at... question. How close can Tennessee keep it against Florida on Saturday? Well, it sounds like the weather might be kind of nasty. I yes. don't know. What's, is the forecast changed? or is it, cause it, looks, it sounds cold and wet was the worry earlier huh. in the week. And if that's the case, I, it, it, it might be hard for Florida to just completely explode offensively. And it might encourage Tennessee to keep the ball on the ground. <laughs> Which I do think they might be able to run a little bit, but you know, we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be and, and, and don't know how that's going to look. I I would imagine Florida can, will win this pretty comfortably. See, see, Andy, you were trying to reel me back in by giving me a little bit of hope, talking about some we can, we can run the ball and slow it down. Hey, come on. That's too much common sense. Don't do that, Andy, okay? <laughs> well, I mean, you can run the ball, but they can still put nine in the box if you can't throw it. So, I mean, it doesn't matter how great you are running the ball if there's nine in the box. Andy. Let's talk after this, okay? Because I'm I'm not liking where this is going. <laughs> Don't hype me up anymore, okay? I'm good on E, okay? Just keep me on E, and I'm riding the wave, okay? That's all I want to do. My thumbs up, Andy. Pick me up as we go to the stadium. That's all I'm asking. You got it.
There you go. I'll tell you what, Moan. Your boys need to be running down a dream because that's the only way they're going to beat Florida on you know Saturday. What? We paid to play y'all. We paid y'all to play us. Okay, take that with you. Mm, okay, Andy, we appreciate it, man. We'll catch up with you next week. Moan's Moan's backing Thanks, away guys. from the microphone right now. You know what? <laughs> I don't have to take this guy. <laughs> Thank you. That's Andy Staples brought to you by the Tennessee Education Lottery. Proud to have raised more than five and a half billion with a B, with a B. dollars to support education programs in Tennessee. To learn more about programs funded by the lottery, visit TN lottery.com busy show we'll read the best of your poll comments you still got time to get them in at jmart and ramon about pruitt's future do that we'll also give you a preview of tomorrow's show that's coming up next on 104.5 the zone let's go to uh philip who joins us from wartburg tennessee philip you're on with coach pruitt hey coach i, I got a quick question for you yes sir philip a lot, of, uh, a lot of us fans want to know, when you going to meet your not a ball coach and go back to Alabama? <laughs> well, Philip, um, I, don't, I don't know. you got to know I'm pretty hard-headed, right? So, we'll Just play this for four minutes and we'll be done. Dog. Dog. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. That's why. We can't have nice things. Yeah. Because no, you know what that call hey Chef, you know what that caller told uh, uh told Jeremy Pruitt to do? Steve Smith. Oh, of course. Man, take that down the street, bro. Now that I'm in the thick of it, Vol Nation not in Pennsylvania, hear and see every see everything. God. Yo, we gotta pipe down a little bit, y'all. I'm gonna be real. That was Say, uh, I'm backing away. Ramon's wrist was broken by that caller that wasn't even talking to him directly. Jeez. I'm backing away from it. Just because. When you're going to admit you're not a ball coach, go back to Alabama. To a Tigo Viola. The same guys that I'm Jeremy Pruitt. QB Alabama. (laughs) Jeremy Pruitt. Legendary coach at Alabama. I don't think he was legendary. He did a lot of good things, there, apparently. The same people, I'm sure, that's the Philip from wherever he's from. A lot of, uh, a lot of us fans want to know, when you're going to meet your not a ball coach and go back to Alabama? Bam! When you're going to meet your not a ball coach and go back to Alabama? I would punch that guy in the face dead serious. When you're going to meet your not a ball coach and go back to Alabama? Uh, you punch him for if you were Pruitt? No. For him and for me. That's just, when are you ever going to be happy is all I got to say. Uh, like, well, two and five is not going to make you happy most well, of the hell, time. Well, hell, it's the same um, people that went. Two that and was, six won't it was, it was no, Two and six is not going to make them happy on Sundays. the same people that were beating on the drum because we won so many straight last season. Those, when you go to meet your not ball coach and go back to Alabama. I'm more than sure it's the exact same guy that was like, we're back. And now look. Turn to, oh. I've never seen a dumpster car like this. That's the caller from earlier. Same guy. Not the same guy. I'm just saying the same person, same type that that you, nobody wants to come here if you're going to be like that. Nobody be, cares about your problems. Be bro. real with ourselves, UT. How you going to get a good coach when you have that going on? And this guy breaks through the, the radio station to say that. When you going to meet your not a ball coach and go back to Alabama? I'm embarrassed by that. I'm going to be honest with you.
as a fan and a former alumni, a, a watcher of the game. Not okay. That's UT cuts me deep. This really pisses me off. <laughs> that gets me going. Do you see it? Like, it's not even like radio. That right there is. I'm trying not to bust out laughing. You should. Because a caller literally called up and. That's what we. That's what social media allows people. I told to do y'all that right too, there. though. It's too many voices. I said that. I said it in our chat when the guy called up and said dumpster fire because he's been watching for fifty years. I've never seen a dumpster fire like this. Yeah, I told you now. I was like, I would put that guy in a headlock. <laughs> Did I not tell y'all that? You'd be abusing the elderly. No, I was just abusing somebody that. Never mind. Oh boy, I just closed my laptop and there's still I stuff to mine do. Too. It's like show's <laughs> over. Like two minutes left. Yeah, we got a lot. So we got Mike Heath tomorrow. We also have Demora Smith coming on. We do. President uh, or the executive, executive director of the NFLPA. The president's coming this weekend too. JC Trader. That's right. He yeah. will be playing on Sunday. And D Smith. We can talk to him about COVID, the new protocols, everything that they're trying to do now. And we can just ask from from the union perspective how they feel like the league is doing when they are, you know. Finding a way to let the Ravens play, but making the Broncos play. We got Robert Ayers. Black Rob. Black Rob. VFL. Is indeed our celebrity DJ. He'll be in charge of all the music tomorrow for Celebrity Playlist Friday. We've already got that list. Mm, Impressive. Yeah. And wide variety. The first song from will, Robert Ayers. The first song would be good. They're not going to tell you for, for UT fans. No song's going to be good for UT fans. Nah, it would be. Ah. Tomorrow we will give you our final predictions, obviously, on the game of the weekend. It's not the one in Knoxville. Sorry. It's the one here in Nashville. Our thanks to Aditi Kinkabwala, Ian Eagle, Andy Staples. Busy show. Big show today. Thanks to the old man that called us in the first hour of the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's his second time calling with some foolishness. We're actually going to go out with him talking. Or maybe both of those cuts. But we'll have some fun tomorrow. No game tonight, which is fine after what I saw yesterday afternoon. Still got to win. Midday 180 is coming up next for Jonathan Schaefer, Ramon Foster. I'm Jason Martin. We'll do it again tomorrow. And remember. (laughs) What are you, a DD in me right now? Uh, Your mic and your phone call is always hot. Stay petty. I've never seen a dumpster fire like this.